Dr. Peterson, hello. Thank you, hello. And thank you, and we're actually live from the Super State Pan Festival here at U of I, and um, you've uh, got a pretty big legacy here at uh, the University of Illinois, so how's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Um, there's not an hour that goes by, though, that I don't think about that legacy, and <laughs> some pretty big shoes to try to fill and of course in the in the historic party band building of these big portraits of my predecessors big 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 and I feel like every time I walk down the hall their their eyes are following me down the hall saying what are you doing here you shouldn't be here you're not, you're not worthy of this office and I think about that all the time I'm probably putting more pressure on myself than I should in terms of all that but I, I certainly feel that the tradition and the tradition of excellence in history and and uh, the pressure to uphold and Keep that whole thing moving forward. Absolutely. Well, and I know it's one of the most important band programs in the world. You sure. Know, I know a lot of people say it's like the model um, for college bands. So you say you see those portraits and every. I mean, tell me, is that a good thing, a bad thing? Both. I mean, that. Well, it's. A, it I keeps you in check a little it, bit. It, it's right? a good thing. It, it it keeps you in check, but um, one of the things that's um, challenging to balance is that you know when you look back and you and you pay homage to these folks uh, we're going back and respecting the great history we have but we also have to look forward that yeah. the, the history of this program is to be on the front edge not to be just looking back to what we've done before and uh, Mr. Harding had on his desk a sign that said always something new okay and I remember that and, and I remember that every day because uh, while this is the most historic band program in the country one of the reasons that's true is because we, my predecessors did always look forward and finding new things to do and, and push the limit and and um, that's really important. So uh, finding that right balance is uh, tricky. Yeah, absolutely. So you know what? Um, I mean, let's talk about then. You're in a spot where I mean, you're you're obviously a great talent, hard worker, and have an incredible resume, but you're you're a new guy. Still yeah. here, right? Sure. And, and we <laughs> we have a lot of listeners that might be moving into new programs or, or teaching for the first time. You know, what what advice would you give those people? I know you said mm, wow. you know, looking forward, but you know, any anybody that's going into something with a lot of tradition or maybe trying to create a tradition. You know, I, I've seen a lot of people do well, and I've seen many many people fail in 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 jobs where they uh, are taking over after a long tradition of excellence, and usually. Uh, in those positions, it's it's people who were either too fast to try to move move and change things too quickly in a different direction, or were really anxious to put their own footprint, handprint on what was going on. Sure. And that's never motivated me. My motivation has been to make the best music I can make wherever I am, and then hopefully, the decisions that I come to to do that will enable me to make the right decisions to move the program forward. It's not about you know what am I going to do to put my thumbprint on this. That's that's absolutely illegitimate. Sure. argument uh, and the people who don't do well in their first years of teaching or whatever are those who say I'm gonna you know I'm gonna put my thumbprint on here so m my advice especially young folks is to keep your mouth shut and <laughs> learn what's going on and learn what the traditions are at your particular school whether it be a high school or whatever and um, and, and then move slowly make make you know live with it for a while and then make some decisions I, I a good example is the super state right now sure you know I believe me I've gotten a earful of advice about things and what could be changed and what people want to have different and my answer to everyone is just let me live with this for a while first and I'll make some decisions and I'll make them based on what I think is the best thing for music education in Illinois as time goes on sure uh, 
not going to be a knee-jerk reaction to anything. Or you know, so that, that's just one example. Um, here's another really weird example of this that I use with with young teachers. I remember going into into positions where, uh, in, in my early teaching, there was um, a strong marching band tradition, and they would do things a certain way, and even simple things like how you call yourself to attention, or you know, mm-hmm. things things that are completely unimportant, really unimportant, but are important to those students because they're, they're it makes them who they are, and to go in and just you know completely change things like that for what you might be a good reason, but really isn't is silly and it only puts you in a bad light so go in and learn figure it out and make your decisions and your choices wisely and slowly based on what you learn over a period of time absolutely you know you said the phrase wherever you are and uh, I know a lot of um, band people are absolutely terrible at balancing a professional and a personal life mm-hmm. and and I've always felt for college directors because you know um, just in the state of Illinois if you move a job somewhere you could potentially live in your same house and I know there's not as many college jobs there and and I look at where you've been where University of Illinois and then before that Ithaca yep. in New York I mean you obviously can't be flying in every day no no there. no I mean I yeah so so can you tell me a little bit about that because I've actually just never talked to a college band director about that how how is that because in my head it's that here's where the job is and you go to that and and everything is uprooted you know how, how yes. hard is that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's it's that simple and it just depends on what motivates you and how badly you want that job sure you know um i mean what are I mean, some positives of that then well it's so interesting that you would ask that right now because i've been thinking about that stuff quite a bit okay having come here to, to illinois from new york uh, I've been all over the place. I grew up in Arizona. My public school teaching experience was in Arizona. Um, the high school band that I took to the Midwest Clinic was from Arizona. Okay. And then uh, in 1983, I had an opportunity, 84 to um, 83, to move to uh, Texas and be a college band director mm-hmm. and uh, start at a well, very well known but fairly small school, Stephen F. Austin State University in Texas. I was going to go there and be the marching band director, or whatever, and. And at that point, I, you know, it was easy. I was single. I was completely unattached, and I was restless. So it was, it was fine. Sure. And I spent four years there, and then I went to Northwestern and taught there for ten years. Same thing. Single when I went to Northwestern, so I had nothing holding me back. Um, then it became a little more difficult as I, I got married when I was in Evanston, and then all of a sudden your decisions are made together. Yeah, now, it's no longer now, a single decision. Right. And we have an interesting. My situation is different because my wife is the Associate Director of Bands here at the University of Illinois. We came as a package, right? Um, and so that, I mean, that's a whole different discussion that we don't really need to have today. But, <laughs> but so, so we've been very lucky because, first of all, the chance of getting a job like this, period, is pretty slim. It's a great job, you know, and yeah. a lot of people apply for a job like this or any other jobs for that matter. But then to be able to have your wife go and teach with you as well, we, that was, it was that way for us for 18 years at Ithaca College. 17 years at Ithaca and then so you guys struck here, lightning like twice, twice. right or yeah, gold, we, yeah we really did feet. we really did wow. um, and I mean she's terrific when, when when I told my dean I was coming here his reaction was great have a good time but you can't take your wife I mean, she's <laughs> incredibly good at what she does and so um you know we've been we've been able to, to package ourselves together which is which is very very lucky um yeah so in terms of moving around for me, it was it was never really 
much of a decision if I was if I was going to move to what I considered to be the next jump up. Sure. Uh, but what becomes more important as life goes on, and, and I'm old enough now to see this, is you have to decide whether it is important enough to move mm-hmm. or not, and whether that target that, that I know so many young people, especially you know people in graduate conducting degrees, who their target is to be a college band director. Period. Yeah. Great. Okay, go do that. But there should be a much bigger target in life. I'm sorry, this is getting a little too no, philosophical. No, this but, is great, I think. You know, the topic, the target in life should be to be happy. Yeah. And some people put this other target, you know, I've got to be a director of bands. They put that as their main target, period, and they forget that that's, that's not what life's about. Like, you figure out, you know, do you have kids? Are you happy? Do you like your neighborhood? Do you like your job? Do you like your principal? You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons to say someplace. There's also occasionally in life good reasons to move to a different place. Sure. You know, your leadership changes. You don't like the people you work with or work for. Okay, well, maybe I'll look around. But um, I try to encourage people to not just chase that one carrot because they might spend so much time chasing that carrot they life goes past them and, and it never lives up to it either I no of course not yeah you know? yeah but there's always surprises here and there. so so i imagine a negative would be you know if you've got kids they're changing schools you know you've got a, a place that you're comfortable at and you're moving there what were maybe if you don't mind talking about it some negatives that you know that that occurred that um or not even negatives just some things that people would really have to think about that could come up um, well, you're just you're just right on the most important ones, uh, changing schools. I mean, I this worked out well for us because we raised our kids in New York. Okay. When, when we went to New York, there were one-year and four-year-olds. Okay. And it was no problem moving them then. And then we raised them. And my last, I have two children. My last one just graduated from high school last year. So the timing for us right now was perfect. Sure. Um, what we weren't counting on is having been there so long, what great friends we made there. I and mean, we really struck our lives in New York and um, so it's been it's been challenging moving back here not moving anywhere and becoming empty nesters and all at the same yeah. time that's that's been challenging okay. um, but but it's all it's all good you know right. we're, we're at a point when that's it's all gonna be fine but I think we kind of underestimated what leaving our children in New York to do the, go to college and the things they're doing now and moving to a, a new town where we don't know anybody that's a that's sure it's a big big pill yeah. well it, it's got to be neat though at least with music where it kind of it, this is what we tell kids when they join band as freshmen like you're going to start the year with 120 new friends yeah know, or people that you know. absolutely so absolutely. I, I hope that would be a, a positive of it um would you mind talking to me then about i guess kind of your your background you know again for some of us high school people we see these college band directors as people that were were born conducting a college band <laughs> you know <laughs> right right <laughs> I never thought I'd be anything but a high school band director. It's all I ever wanted to be my whole life since I was a sophomore in high school in Arizona. I just, and I think many people are like this, I wanted to be like my high school band director. Okay. You know, and, and who was he? And ironically, well, there were two of them. One guy named Hal Sims and another guy named Paul Strivings. There were two of them, and this was at Tempe High School in Arizona. And I just thought it was the best thing I'd ever done, as so many high school students do now. You know, I, and I loved music and I loved being part of it. And, and, um, so I thought that's what I'd do. And I only applied to one school, that was Arizona State, which thankfully was a, a fantastic music school. Uh, and when I went there, uh, there was a new band director there. His name was Richard Strange. A very, very, very big name in our business for the time he was alive. He's passed away now for five years or so, mm-hmm. but he was president of ABA, CBDNA, you, you name it. Um, and was really quite well known in our business, was at Interlochen for many, many summers. And he became my first and probably my main mentor. Uh, 
he taught me more than I could ever possibly say into this microphone, but he was an amazing pedagogue and he, he made us all realize how important it was to know the instruments and to know them well, really well, mm -hmm. and to know the intonation characteristics of every instrument and inside and out and what to do to fix them. And he really taught me how to listen and how important it was to be able to listen. Uh, so I did my undergrad there and had a high school job in, in Phoenix, which was great. And then all of a sudden my old high school job, Tempe High School in Arizona opened up and I went there. And I taught there for three years. I took that band to the Midwest Clinic when I was 28 years old, wow. I guess, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny because I, I hate to boast, but one sure. year I went to the Midwest Clinic and I said, I really want to bring a band here next year, which is the most yeah. um, crazy thing you've ever heard of and that's what I did you know, next year we were, we played there it was good for you pretty, pretty, <laughs> um, that was quite some time ago uh, uh, then I spent four years in Texas like I said at Stephen F. Austin and learned a lot learned, really made a lot of mistakes there about learning how to be a college band director but that just that opportunity came along frankly as a, as a result of uh, playing at the Midwest and you know, people hear you and you know, sometimes doors open because of that and some friends that I knew. It's all about who you know, too. And so I decided to take a leap and leave my family and leave everybody, and I went to Texas, and it was it was fantastic. It was a great place to make mistakes and learn and have a pretty pretty high-powered college marching band, and, um, and it was great. My last year there, uh, I was the associate director. My last year there, the position turned over. I'd been assistant. I'd been directing the program for a year as interim. And then, luckily for me, they hired as the new director of bands, John Whitwell, okay. uh, who had been at Abilene Christian and then stayed at Stephen F. for quite some time and then went on to, to for the rest of his career at Michigan State, as we all know. He's actually here judging today. He's one of my dearest friends and one of my idols and, and just one of my lifelong mentors, I guess. Uh, taught me an amazing amount of of stuff about how to deal with people, about how to deal with music, how to deal with life. He's he's fantastic. And so we spent that year together, and then I went to, to Northwestern uh, to pursue a doctorate. I'd been doing three years of summer work, and it was time to go do my year of residency. And as it turns out, uh, the marching band and associate director band's position with John Painter opened up that summer that I was due to start my residency, and, and they hired me. And I stayed there for 10 years, achieved tenure, became an associate professor, and stayed on. And uh, head of the conducting program by the time I was done and uh, managed to, uh, you know, the luckiest time I had in my life was there. I was there for eight years with John okay. before he died. Um, took the marching band to the Rose Bowl, an experience I'll never forget. Um, and then the last two years I was there, Mallory Thompson was hired as the director of bands. And so I've had the best of so many worlds all sure. along the way. I got to learn from John Whitwell. I got to learn from Richard Strange. I got to learn more than I could ever tell you from, from John Painter. It was unbelievable. And then uh, became very good friends uh, and you know, musical partners with, with Mallory Thompson while I was there. But there was something yanking at me saying, you know, it's kind of time to, to head your own program. Mm -hmm. So that's when uh, the opportunity at Ithaca College came along. Uh, I was there. We were there for 18 years. Uh, and then... Uh, and ended up here at Illinois. Oh, right. Last stop. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> well, it's cool as I listen to you talk because you're mentioning the words learning a lot and you're mentioning listening. You know, when you talked about U of I and Super State, so basically I'm going to observe, I'm going to listen, 
mm-hmm. you know, um, and you're talking about your mentors who taught you how to listen. You know, so I think about that today with just successful high school band programs. When you listen to a successful band today, I'm, I'm assuming you've heard hundreds if not thousands of bands, what, what do you hear that's common amongst these successful programs? Or a successful performance? Well, I think that's different for everybody. That's why we have several judges here because sure. you know we, we all have different ideas about what's important. Um, for me personally, it's really impossible for me to get past two things, bad bad tone and bad intonation. Okay. And, and they're completely related to each other. You can't tune a bad tone and it's impossible to make something sound good if it's out of tune. It's, it, it's a chicken and egg kind of thing. Um, so I mean, in terms, if you're, I don't know if that's a kind of nuts and bolts answer. You're no, for, absolutely. But that, that's you know, those those are really really important things to me. I get turned off and upset when groups don't play in tune. Uh, it's a hard thing to do, and it takes yeah. a long time. And I have lots of ideas about that, which would take us a couple of weeks <laughs> to talk about. But uh, and it's all about playing with pretty sounds too. I I, I just um, it's uh, people. Band directors, young band directors, old band directors, don't listen well enough. They don't listen hard enough. They don't really hear what the sounds are often that I think that are that are coming from their groups. Uh, either that, or they we, we have this. You know, I'll get off on my on my soapbox here for a second and say we have this epidemic amongst not just teachers, but you name the profession, any any profession in the world. Uh, where we just tend to settle, mm-hmm. we tend to settle for something, you know. And uh, a couple things that that really get my back up are when uh, conductors say something like, "Well, that's good enough," because there's there's it, in music it's never good enough. It's there's always a place we could be better. Always, 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 it's never good enough, and we're always chasing that right that dream. It just doesn't happen. Sure, there's no such thing as a perfect performance, at least not in my my experience uh, so we're always we're always looking for that and then the other term that I, I think is just the will bring us down someday is when when band directors say something's good when it just isn't mm. you know that's good that sounds good well no it doesn't <laughs> it, it, it sounds better I mean better is the best word that ever came along for me sure. as a teacher because I can acknowledge uh, improvement I can acknowledge that things are getting better without calling something good. I'm not going to label something as good until it sounds pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the world's full of us lowering the bar in, in the band world, in the, you, you name it, computer <laughs> world doesn't matter. We're, yeah, well, we just we just settle. Well, that's, that's good. No, no. Listen, <laughs> did you just hear that phrase? That phrase isn't good because of this, 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 and this. It's, it's still happening. It's still not right. Let's fix this thing next. So, you know, usually in my rehearsals, when I'll say that sounds good, it's always very quiet at that moment because everybody knows there's going to be another half to that statement. Sure. Like, that's really good, but now, oboes, we need to, or that's really good, but you know, did you hear how that, you know, whatever. There's always something else. Yeah. And those directors who are really successful are the ones who hear that, first of all, and, and, and are good communicators, and there's a lot of other things, but they hear and are able to isolate and find the problems and are not afraid to go after them. Too many band directors are willing to say, oh, yeah, Flutes, that's really out of tune. you got to fix that and leave it at that. Well, what good is that? That doesn't help anybody. No one's going to get any better. 
you know, unless maybe at my level, maybe here, you know, with the Illinois Wind Symphony, when I tell the flutes, that's out of tune. Okay, I've got some pretty good players. They know yeah. what to do to fix that. Or if I go back and I and I say, and I'll do this often, we, we need to do the letter F again so that the flutes can have another chance to listen to each other. And we'll just do it again, and it'll may, may get better. If it's not, I'm going to go back and I'm going to help them even more, you know, and isolate whatever the issue is. But in, in most high schools, you got to help. And what I believe is most directors either have given up and they just, well, that's good enough, or they really, honest to God, don't hear it mm -hmm. themselves. And my advice to those folks is, well, if you really do want to hear it, then you got to do a few things. you got to work a little harder. you gotta, you got to uh, record your rehearsals more often until the point comes when you feel confident that you're actually hearing things. It took me a long time, but part of that's being vulnerable in front of your students and saying, let's do that again because I'm not exactly sure. Or let's let's can I just hear the oboes here because I, I I'm not sure who's sharp who's flat let's just see if we can figure this out and the people who are willing to stop and go back and get to the root of the problem both for the students' sake to teach them and especially for their own sake to teach themselves how to get better at that they're the ones who are going to succeed I did not mind when I was very young when I was first teaching putting it out there in front of my students and acknowledging that I was going to make mistakes too and. Honest to God, I think that's one of the best things I ever did. Sure. And I didn't think about it that way. I just was wired that way. Some of us are not wired that way at all. You, you, some of us have so much armor up around us that we can't possibly allow our students to think that we're not perfect. Uh, that's unfortunate for those sure. people. Because it it uh, took me four years to have my biggest mentor come out and listen to my band, and that was the biggest mistake. It was. I, I'm glad he came out. It was a mistake to wait four years. Of course, it because was. it was. It was me inside of my head and all these of things. Of course, it was. And it was. Yeah. It. The band sounded better when he was done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, I mean, there's, there's other things too. I mean, you you have to have a mentor. You have to find a mentor. You have to have someone that will come out, not just once, but two yeah. or three or four times over the course of a of a year, and say, "Okay, now work on this." And did you hear that? And why aren't you working on this? And do you know how to make the horns do this? And you know what? Maybe your clarinet should be all playing on this kind of mouthpiece. And you know, just you name it. There's, there's just all kinds of things like that. But if you're afraid to ask the questions and, and get better yourself, uh, I pity your students. Sure. They're, 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 they're not going to improve. You know? Do you think there's anything in the, and don't take offense to this, anything that collegiate music education programs could help to yes. um, eliminate <laughs> this epidemic? I, of, do. I, mean, of, I, uh, I don't know if it's an epidemic, but okay. you know, it's... it's um, I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. Sure. I think what I can say is I learned most of what I learned about how to rehearse in rehearsals. Okay. I did not learn it in my music ed classes, which were great. Those classes were fantastic. They were great. I learned out of you know, any number of things. But I learned my craft by sitting in the sections and watching conductors do that. And even when I was out, you know... I. I was one of those guys who most of the time, if there was an Allstate going on, I was in those rehearsals. I yeah. was not in the coffee room eating donuts with the other directors talking about what their next marching show was going to be. Sorry, oh, that sounds so old-fashioned. <laughs> I'm not an old curmudgeon, but I sound like it when I say that. But I was in those rehearsals, yeah, listening, taking notes, wondering if I was hearing the same things that guy was hearing, wondering if he was hearing the same things I was hearing. Oh, did, what's he going to do about that? Is he going to stop and fix it? Oh, yeah, listen, he found it. Or... Man, I didn't hear that. What? What? How come I'm not hearing what he's hearing? Sure, you know, and um, that takes energy, and it takes work, and it takes acknowledgement that you don't know everything, and then magically over with that attitude over a period of time, you get better, and then guess what? Your bands get better, 
And there you go. So what, you know, let's just talk about maybe the overall program structure. To you, I mean, what does a great band program entail? What what type of um, disciplines, band, jazz band, marching band, yeah, things yeah. like I, that? I think the best program includes everything, okay. like, certainly. Uh, I'm old, I, I don't think it's old-fashioned. I think it makes sense that the, the, uh, the, the concert band should be at the core of the program. Yeah. Uh, I think beyond that, there's a, a marching component that's good. I came from a place in New York where there wasn't a high school marching band, hardly any bands within 100 miles of me. They just don't have them. Sure. It's cold there, and they're smart. It's like <laughs> someone long ago, 100 years ago, said, wait a minute, it's too cold to have high school marching band in this part of New York, so let's not do it. And everybody said, oh, okay. <laughs> And, you know, so they, they don't mess with that. Now, I'm not against marching band at all. I love it. I love being around the marching line. I, I loved my time at Northwestern. I, I absolutely adore the Big Ten, which is one of the reasons I came back. Um, so I think a marching line component sure. is great. But uh, And I will out sound like a curmudgeon in a second when I say that marching bands are running too many programs. Mm-hmm. And too much of the budget goes into the marching band, too much of this and that, too much, certainly too much time. Uh, it's amazing to me how that whole animal has changed over the last 30, 40 years. You know, There's an I, I, instrumentalist article um, maybe five to seven years ago, and they did a survey of yeah. which programs are the most important, and 100% of the band directors they surveyed said the concert band, Yeah. and 100% of the administration said the marching band. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, well, there's that. You know. I mean, there's certainly that. <laughs> and that's not to make administrators evil. Right. That's just the most public program for them. Of course it is. But we could all use, we should be able to use that to our advantage, too. Yeah. And, um, and just because you have a marching band doesn't mean you have to compete every weekend. You know, doesn't mean you have to go to competition at all. Sure. Yeah. When I grew up in high school, we did a different show every week. We memorized it every week. It always included a Susan March. And this is out in Arizona, for God's sake. You know, and... Uh, we went to Band Day at Arizona State every year, got our ratings and everything. But the most important thing for us was to, to play new music, learn new drill, and I mean it was, it was fantastic. It was, and the good thing about that is by the end of the year, marching season, we could, you know our director could say to us, well, "Okay, you've just memorized and learned fill in the blank twenty four new tunes." Sure. And to me, I can justify a marching man for that reason. Now, three tunes for a whole season—that's a little harder for me. I'm showing you. I, yeah. I did that. I'll, I'll tell you, I did that when I was teaching high school. I, I did that same thing. But we did change out of, you know, the, the dance tunes in the mm-hmm. middle every week and whatever. Um, I worry about the whole marching scene. And, and what I think has happened, I don't know if I should say this because I'm not sure I want to be quoted, but... Um, we can cut out afterwards I, I love, if you want to take Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love drum corps. I love what drum corps is. And I love... Uh, how excited it, it, especially in the old days, used to make me feel in the late 70s and 80s. It was just you know, incredible. And it still is. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, I'm not sure whether we did the right thing or not when Marching Mans went down that road because uh, they be, they become such an amazing art form now. Uh, but, but the drum corps itself never claimed to be music education. It claimed to be an activity in the summers for kids. And what we did with, with public school programs is copy every bit of that, including the parts of it that are antithetical to music education, um, in order to get these, this really high-quality product. But whether that high-quality product equals the best music education we could be giving our kids is a question we can't get into now, but I pose it. Sure. You know, whether, whether 
whether we're serving our kids as music educators best by taking these uh, these uh, I was going to call them football shows, but they're not these marching shows to the incredible extravagance that we do and with the props and with the flags and with all that stuff. I just I don't know. Uh, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that being said, I sure acknowledge how incredible it is to watch them. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But one must ask themselves at the end of the semester, okay, what do my kids learn about music this semester? It's pretty important yeah. question to ask. Well, and it is a tough thing when you do hear about the the tail wagging the dog in, in some of these places. And there are pressures yeah. from the public. There are pressures from administrators. Yeah. There's all kinds of pressures here and there. And so I would advocate that people choose their jobs carefully and find out what those pressures are before they take them. You sure. Know, make sure they're jumping into something that they can handle or that they can, over the course of time, perhaps change the way they, they wish to or, or whatever. Uh, I, I'm, I'm old-fashioned again. I think marching band is great. I think the main reason for the existence of marching band should probably be to support the football team and to provide entertainment on a Friday night for people mm -hmm. that are there. And beyond that, you know, if I had my way, we'd have concert band year-round, and we'd have marching band one or two afternoons a week to get ready for Friday night, and we'd put on a nice show, and we'd all stand at attention well and with sound in tune. And at the end of the semester, we'd have 20 tunes that we could say we did, a little rock and roll, a little jazz. A little, I, I expose my kids to this, 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 and this, and this is how I can justify this. And that's, you know, if I was king of the world, we'd, we'd go to that point or whatever that means. <laughs> um, I think so. I think that the, I think that concert band should be at the core of every program. It has to be uh, marching band should be a, a, a nice uh, side note to that. Uh, jazz band should be a nice side note to that. And an important one that we never get to enough is chamber music. Mm -hmm. uh, the more we can spend time on chamber music, first of all, the better the concert bands are going to be. But we're just going to make better musicians, and that's what we should be after anyway. Yeah. We, we're we're supposed to be music educators that are using band is our means to to open up this musical world to our students we're not supposed to just be band directors you know teaching band we're not supposed to be teaching band we're supposed to be teaching music and using band is that that way so a program that has that would have all four of those um little fingers coming out from it would be great with 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 the concert band in my mind right, right at the center of that well, let's talk about music then. I mean, that's kind of a nice segue. And, and I, I hate asking this, this question to people because I hate answering it too. But, you know, what do you feel are just some significant pieces? And, and I know it's going to be depending oh. on the grade level. I know. Isn't that a, a horrible question? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just some significant questions that, uh, or I'm sorry, significant pieces, you know, that people um, you know, should be playing with their bands. That's Stephanie. Stephanie can come in. Oh, we're we're recording, Stephanie. Okay. No, you're fine. No, you're fine. I change, but this other room is locked. Yeah. Um, if you go back to the to the to the uh, stage, ask the stagehand if they'll open it for you. My stuff's locked in there too. I don't know how it got locked, but <laughs> thanks. So yeah, I mean, any just pieces that come to mind, you know. And if you want to, if you don't want to answer, what? this, I don't even know where to start. All right. I, there's there's so <laughs> many. There's, there's I, I don't even know where to start. And, sure. And I will say that our. Our profession has grown so much. Our our part of the business of the music world has grown so much in the last thirty years. You know, now that we have many of the world's major composers writing for us sure. at a really high level, um, I think I think that's fantastic. And I, I was even telling the judges today at lunch 
and we were remarking that we've heard really good quality music here. Yeah. We've heard very little of anything that any of us thought was was not good music. You know, and some of us like some of it more than others, and we all have our favorites and not. But we all kind of agreed, hey, this has been great. You know, it, it looks good. Um, so what, it, what makes a great going, piece of music? Well, then? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's dissertations written about this. Um, I'll, I'll, let me, instead of doing that, let me go a different direction. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I, the, the kind of music that I really disdain is music that's formulaic, okay. uh, that's predictable, that's safe, that's not colorful. Um, uh, th th that kind of music drives me crazy. And, and there's a couple of phrases that drive me crazy too when you talk about music. One is educational music. Mm -hmm. I just, that that to me is is code for this probably isn't going to be a very good piece <laughs> artistic, artistically, you know? And I want the best, I want my kids, and I'm thinking about, you know, the theoretical situation if I was still teaching high school or junior high or anything else. I want them to be exposed to the best music by the best composers they, they can. Just like I wanted my kids when I, they were growing up and going through high school, my own kids, to experience the best that the English language has to offer when they took English classes. I, I, I didn't want my teacher, my English teacher, giving my kids comic books. Sure. I wanted them giving them Shakespeare. And so we need to find the Shakespeare of our business and make sure that's what our textbook is. I mean, when we pick music for our students, we're picking the text for the year. We're picking the curriculum for the whole year. And it shouldn't be, well, this piece is going to make my clarinet sound good because it's going to cover up their problems, or this is going to be good for mm -hmm. Congress. No, it should be 100% about here's what, here's what I want my kids to taste. This is, this is the meal that they're gonna have this whole year. And I want them to have a little of this, and a little of this, and a little of this. And I want them to know what Bach's like, and I want them to know what Mackey's like, and I want them to know, you know whatever, whatever you, you wanna do. But um, it, it shouldn't be just, well, this is, you know, this is a good teaching piece. That's another one, this is a good teaching piece. <laughs> and there's a lot of people gonna argue with me about this, but um, what does that mean? Why can't we just, teach our students what good music is and how how it makes us feel and how how it makes us react and how it makes us better human beings rather than uh, the next tune that sounds like the name of any number of subdivisions from across sure. the country that you could fill in the blank with you know <laughs> um, I you know, when, when I listen to music I, I used to do reviews for the instrumentalist until I just couldn't do it anymore and you know I, I the only pieces that interested me were the ones that had color, that maybe paired up interesting instruments that uh, that that weren't homophonic all the time. Sure, that I'll, that were interesting. And just to go down that a little further, you know, I'd much rather even with beginning band, especially with beginning band, maybe I'd much rather hear an arrangement of a little Haydn. Ditty, you know, mm -hmm. an eight measure ditty. I'd rather hear an arrangement of something that's that's good music like that than somebody sitting down and writing the next little thing that sounds like the last little thing that you know yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm a I'm a firm believer in transcriptions at the young levels, arrangements of things that that work and sound good. If if the piece is 200 years old and we're still listening to it, it's probably a good piece. <laughs> And I suspect that many of the pieces that many public schools have been playing the last 20 years are not going to be around in 200 years. So yeah. let, let's find the stuff that, that makes us 
feel that that challenges us. The other thing I think that people do a lot, change things up just a little bit, is they overprogram. Uh, some people underprogram, but a lot of people program stuff. Well, you know, they want to be able to say, "I did fill in the blank mm-hmm. this year." You know, we tackled this. Well, I think tackling something is great if if it's attainable, but. Um, it's a real art to finding that exact right level for your for your group where they're going to reach and, and have to have to reach, but not so far that they can't attain it. And the, and the music sounds bad because it's just beyond what they're what they're capable of. So good teachers pick repertoire that's appropriate, and by appropriate, I do not mean safe. I mean appropriate, you know. And they should program for the course of the whole year so that it makes sense and they can look back in June and they can feel good about what they did from September all the way through and this is all the music my kids were exposed to this year and just like an English teacher does all through the, the sophomore year this is what they get the junior year this is what they get the senior year so when they graduate this is what they have why are we why do we allow ourselves to treat our kids any differently than that should be the same thing and again that takes work it takes knowing what the music is it takes going to the Midwest Clinic and listening to the new tunes and figuring out what's good and what isn't and throwing out 80% of it because it isn't and finding the 20% that's good and adding it to the 20% from last year that was good and the you know the 20% from 30 years ago that's still good mm-hmm. and uh, making good decisions. And w- we can all disagree, uh, but you gotta make your own decision and, and and you can't just take the easy way out by going down to the music store and flipping through and saying, well, I like this, this is probably gonna be good. Let's do this. <laughs> it's not good enough. Well, listen, thank you very much for, for sitting down here. I know you're a busy guy today. Sure. And, uh, I mean, this this was very inspiring. Oh, yeah. Wow. Very, very inspiring. Learned a lot today. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. And, and I've heard nothing but wonderful things about uh, you. U of I this year and, and about today. So well. Um, I, I wish you luck for the rest of the year. And thanks. And your whole career here. And those of you who are out there, come down to the U of I. Check us out. Come to concerts or come to school. <laughs> All right. Thank you, thanks Dr. Thanks very Peterson. much. My thank pleasure. You.